0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill Podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb.
1: And I'm sleeving up some Commander Decks. We don't talk about that here. How are you? I'm all right. It's a very lazy Sunday in my household. How are you?
0: Good, good. Just uh, on that nine to five grind.
1: working nine to five. It's the only Dolly Parton song I know, and that's the only part of that Dolly Parton song that I know. What about Jolene? Maybe if I heard it now, I would be able to say, oh, yes, I've heard this song before. Uh, But as of right now, I couldn't tell you how Jolene goes at all. (laughs) Jolene, Jolene,
0: Jolene, Jolene.
1: I'm begging you, please don't steal my man. I think I actually might have heard the Miley Cyrus version, so uh, I'm ready to die. Woof. Uh, yeah,
0: I had a, I worked today, I had a a very busy day, and then right at the end of the day, uh, a fucking guy who had a whole bunch of prison tattoos decided to come in and tell us all about his, his cool Aryan Brotherhood tattoos. Oh, cool!
1: What a swell-sounding guy. It was fucking awful. Huh. That sounds awkward.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I would have told him to just fuck off, but
1: I didn't want to get shot seven times. I mean, that's fair. No one wants to be shot seven times, let alone one time, so. Makes sense. Tell that to Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. Mm -hmm. I mean, that guy is too busy selling, uh... Oh, what the fuck was he selling? He has a commercial with, like, Martha... No, it was with Joan Rivers. And he, uh, he was selling something to people in. Uh, it was vitamin water. That was it because he made an investment in vitamin huh. water, and that's why he. That's like why he's as rich as he is. It's because he made a smart investment in vitamin water. Then it got bought up by Coca Cola.
0: Interesting. I feel like I've brought this up like at least three or four times on the show before. But do you remember when uh, Fifty Cent made a video game for the Xbox where he fought the Taliban?
1: Uh, I remember he made a video game. I didn't know he fought the Taliban. It's called 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. I I mean, good for you, 50 Cent. Yeah. Yeah, you found a market. (laughs) Who would have guessed that
0: the the cure for international terrorism was to have 50 Cent go at them with a gold-plated desert eagle, so...
1: That always reminds me of the uh, second Resident Evil movie, uh, which is not as good as the first movie, which already isn't a very good movie in the first place. It's not even a good movie; it's a it's an adequate movie. Uh, But uh, there's there's one character who like the the zombie horde is coming, and like the cops are are like passing out guns to people in order to to you know fight the zombie horde, and they start they they go over to the the token black man in the movie, and he's like. Nah, my shit's custom and pulls out two gold-plated pistols. Okay, I'm now looking at uh,
0: Wikipedia's plot synopsis for 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. Uh, it, of course, serves as the sequel to 50 Cent Bulletproof. Uh, the that... game centers around a fictional 50 Cent NG units concert set in an unspecified location in the Middle East. After the group's payment, a diamond-encrusted skull is stolen. They must fight to retrieve the stolen skull back from the thieves. As you do. This Wikipedia article looks like it was probably written by somebody who's very passionate about this game.
1: Probably 50 Cent himself. I mean, like that sounds like a a a schlocky B movie. Made in the 2000s. Like, 50 Cent was like, yo, know, I got money. Uh, we also have, uh, like, everyone in G-Unit. We all want to be in a movie. Let's just make it. And then, uh, uh, yeah. So. Uh, I now need to play this game. Get, uh, Bring it to backwards compatibility, Sony and Microsoft.
0: Giant Bum said the story was mostly nonsense. With a lot of half-assed dialogue that's usually delivered by people who sound like they have a plane to catch. Uh
1: oh, that's funny.
0: I now want to play this game. I'm sure there's ROMs everywhere. Yeah, probably.
1: Uh anything else you want to talk about? No, not really. I'll okay. uh
0: I'll just be over here waiting for the remastered version of fifty cent Blood on the Sand for the Xbox Series X.
1: That is correct. Uh, so, a couple things: stacking triggers. Episode four uh, is out as you're listening to this podcast. Uh, in it, we talk about uh, what spoilers, I guess, for or like teasers for Strixhaven School of Magic, which is completely different from Hogwarts School of Magic. And then, mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. and, and we also try to will into existence a uh, Harry Potter set, or at least I do. Uh, and I'm sure a bunch of nerds are going to fucking hate me when that happens. Yeah.
0: Well, Mark Rosewater promised that it's not Harry Potter at all. It's totally original. Totally unique idea. So, uh,
1: Also out as you're listening to this is the finale of Caleb and G- Caleb makes Gerald watch uh The Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Uh, How, how many points does Gerald knock off? There being a fucking spider in it find out in the next episode of dragon ball z yes Uh, you can only hear that on our patreon so head over to patreon.com slash netflix and swill to hear that as well as a bunch of other uh netflix and swill bonus content uh that and uh that's it that's all the plugs i have for uh this section so uh why don't we move into what's your swill can we please get some alcohol into my mouth he hates these cans stay away from the can
0: i don't have alcohol uh i'm drinking chalky milk because i'm a good boy
1: well look at you with your chalky milk uh so me i'm drinking uh the new amsterdam vodka pink whitney this is a pink lemonade plus vodka blend uh now I've heard of this through uh, a hockey podcast I listen to called Spit and Chiclets. It's uh, a very funny uh, hockey podcast because it's basically like two hosts who are like former Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, Paul Bissonette and Ryan Whitney. Uh, they were they were Penguins for like a cup of coffee, and then they uh, moved on to a different organization because uh, one, Paul Bissonette, not very good, strictly a fighter, uh, and the Penguins didn't really need a fighter. When they just needed more skill around Sidney Crosby, and uh, Ryan Whitney was traded for Chris Kunitz and Eric Tangrady. Uh Chris Kunitz went on to become Sidney Crosby's arguable uh, best line mate ever. So uh, worth it. Uh, but they talk to like uh, other guys in the NHL and hear their stories. Sport. They, they, they got they got fun stories too. Uh, so they have their their own vodka line, and it's uh, actually kind of delicious. And kind of dangerous, because I'm drinking it straight, and it tastes pretty decent. And it's a 30-percenter. So I've told Ashley, uh, please don't let me have more than this one giant glass that I have filled up. Vodka is just communist bourbon. It's like communist gin, actually. I can see Russia from my house. Remember that woman?
0: (laughs) No one does. Uh, Let's do some news. Shit, it's mail time. If you think that's bad, uh, if you thought a four-hour cut of Justice League was uh, way over the top, uh, get ready for Netflix to uh, fund a newly restored version of Abel Gance's 1927 French silent film epic, Napoleon. Uh, the cut is known as the Apollo version and will run nearly seven hours in length. The goal is to have the cut finished by May 5th, the 200th anniversary of Napoleon's death. It's unknown when or if the cut will make it uh, make its way across the world on Netflix. But it's uh, apparently something they feel that they have to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've talked about uh, Netflix and French cinema not necessarily get, getting along, uh, specifically like the Cannes Film Festival, where Netflix is like, hey, we're going to put out this stuff at the Cannes Film Festival, and then like immediately put it on our platform, and Cannes just went, no, yeah. three years. And Netflix went, okay, uh, fuck off then. So uh, it looks like they're trying to play nice again with friend uh, France and their cinema yeah. community. In France, it's pronounced Netflix. Uh, it's actually a good question. How it, how it is pronounced. I'm sure they do the weird accents on it. But, I mean, they're allowed. They eat baguettes. They wear berets. They have striped uh, long sleeve shirts. Yeah,
0: and handlebar mustaches.
1: And handlebar mustaches. They have the cigarette holder thing that they smoke out of. I mean, so they're allowed to do whatever they want. I wonder if there's a vape pen like that. A, you know what? If there isn't... And you're in France and you propose that to somebody, uh, kick us like ten percent. And by us I just mean Caleb. Caleb came up with the idea, it's a good really good idea.
0: All right, Dan, tell me about the Oscars.
1: Uh Netflix secured thirty-six nominations at the Oscars over uh what, last week? Uh thirty-nine if you want to count News of the World, which is distributed on Apple TV Plus here in America, uh, but on Netflix uh everywhere else. Uh, Mank had 10 nominations Much to my chagrin Ma Rainey's Black Bottom had 5 And uh, Trial of Chicago 7 Had 6 I know that only makes up 21 but I'm not going into the 15 other categories uh, Notable things That received one Oscar nomination uh, Despite the fact that everyone's And, and are now going to get memed on Because they're fucking Oscar nominated uh, Eurovision Song Contest For Best Original Song for Husavik, uh, Which that song, nice. is, that song Is actually very good
0: it should have been for Ya Ding Dong.
1: Oh, 100%. But uh, as soon as I saw that, I tweeted out, that's Oscar-nominated Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga <laughs> to you. <laughs> and then uh, Midnight Sky for Best Visual Effects, which... I like uh, it. Yeah, that's whatever.
0: Wait, Midnight Sky is the Clooney one. I was thinking of Midnight Gospel.
1: Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, uh, that (laughs) people do not like the Clooney one. So I those are like those are why I memed on those is because like those movies are kind of universally not well liked. and It's like Suicide Squad for Best Makeup, like how that won the Oscar for Best Makeup, like and you call Suicide Squad an Oscar uh, winning movie. Uh, This is along those lines. Uh, Notable absence from the nominations. Delroy Lindo did did not get nominated for Best Actor in a Motion Picture. Yeah.
0: I just want to say real quick, what the fuck? Because I've been trying to catch Articuno in the Crown Tundra and uh, failed multiple times and then just encountered it again and just did nothing, hucked
1: a fucking great ball at it and caught it immediately. It's kind of how I feel with like Pokemon Go sometimes, it's like, I've thrown, like, 900 Ultra Balls to this thing, and it won't go in the ball. And then you throw a Pokeball at it, and it's like, oh, a critical capture. Oh, cool, thanks. I have to play Crown Tundra. Uh, of course, I started my uh, my game to play Crown Tundra today, because I was like, oh, I need to play this. Uh, but then I immediately started tr- trying to breed an Adamant 5IV Litten, so, uh, with uh, Intimidate. So, of course, uh, this is <laughs> this is just how I am.
0: This takes uh, multiple days to get the right one.
1: Well, what's good is I already have one that's adamant, uh, has intimidate, and three IVs. So I have a ditto with five IVs that I caught and am now uh, breeding with it. So we'll see how that goes. I feel like we're losing the crowd. It's whatever. Who cares? Welcome to Pokemon and Swill. A much more enjoyable podcast where we just bitch about the state of Pokemon. Fucking the graphics on the remastered version of Shining Pearl and Diamond buttfuckery. They look terrible. That's me being the internet.
0: I I think it looks kind of cute. It looks like (laughs) the like Pokemon Rumble, like the wind-up toy game. Kind of.
1: Uh, Unfortunately, uh, the graphic styles for both that and Pokemon Arceus are directly related to uh, Zelda games that have been released on the Switch this year. Or, like, not this year, but this generation. So, uh, you know, the Arceus game, directly comparable to Breath of the Wild, and then uh, the Gen 4 remix, directly comparable to Wind Waker, at least for the overworld.
0: It bothers me that you don't pronounce it comparable.
1: Did I say comparable? Yeah. Oh. It should be comparable. I don't know why I said comparable. Probably because I'm, like, in the zone on sleeving cards right now, as I try to speak.
0: <laughs> I'm glad that we're both just doing other activities, because we've become so proficient-slash-bored at this. Uh, what are you doing right now? Oh, I'm I'm playing Pokemon. I'm oh, catching legendary Pokemon.
1: Oh, well, oh, that makes sense. You, like, hey, Articuno. Oh, I, oh, that's a weird thing to say. Uh, all of this bullshit will move us over into Downstream, where we'll talk about some trailers that, uh, probably bored us this week. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite
0: line! It's true. Uh, the first one actually looks pretty good, though. It's called Concrete Cowboy. While spending the summer in North Philadelphia, a troubled teen- Is caught between a life- Yeah. Uh, Is caught between a life of crime and his estranged father's vibrant urban cowboy subculture. Based on the novel Ghetto Cowboy, uh, it is directed by Ricky Staub and co-stars Jerrell Jerome, Byron Powers, Lorraine Toussaint, uh, Clifford Method Man-Smith, and in the lead roles we have Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things and Idris Elba.
1: He's back! On Netflix. I'm kind of excited just for that. I mean, I know he was in the, uh, what was it, like... That DJ cats? show? No, not cats.
0: <laughs> he
1: had like a DJ show where he was a DJ. Yeah. Uh, the which, one we didn't watch. The one we completely ignored because I was like, oh no, he's going off the deep end. We don't need this. <laughs> uh, but it's cool to see Caleb McLaughlin in something that isn't Stranger Things. Yeah. Damn, he grew up, huh? Yeah. Well, I think the only person I haven't seen in something else now would be the kid who plays Will. Oh, you mean the least notable of the four? Yeah, but I mean, even like even of like the major characters, like Hopper, Hellboy, uh, Winona Ryder, any other movie she's been in. Uh, Steve, I saw Beetlejuice.
0: him.
1: Beetlejuice, sure, Beetlejuice, fine. Uh, Steve, he was in um, Death the twenty twenty. Natalia Dyer, she's in Yes God, Yes. Like. Uh, F- F- Finn Wolfhard is uh, new creepy kid in any movie, and then <laughs> M- Millie Bobby Brown's doing her thing. Dustin from Stranger Things is doing uh the freaky reality show th- scare like the scare tactic style reality show thing for no reason. And Caleb McLaughlin's in this, so it's just Will Byers who has done nothing since, or at least nothing I've seen since yeah. Stranger Things.
0: I don't know. I feel like he'll grow up to be an accountant or something.
1: What is a uh, he, he's going to be he's going to be like the new Willy Wonka uh, uh, Charlie Bucket. Will-
0: <laughs> yeah, he'll be the new Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah.
1: Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. It's directed by Tim We don't Burton. talk about that movie. Uh yeah, this looks this looks all right. I don't know. Uh I, it's probably going to be an acting piece and I yeah. would like to see Idris Elba try again at some point, so hopefully this is it. I don't know, I'm into it. Alright. Alright, um...
0: The next one is for The Irregulars. Meet The Irregulars. B, Jesse, Billy, Spike, and Leo join this ragtag gang as they uncover the demonic and mysterious depths of Victorian London alongside the sinister Dr. Watson and his enigmatic business partner Sherlock Holmes. Uh, We talked about this a little while ago when they announced it, and uh, we're both, I think, pretty disinterested.
1: Oh, yeah, this did nothing to really gain my interest at all. Like, if anything, this, (coughs) this, like, added more negative interest to me in the first place, so, uh, no. Yeah, it
0: doesn't look great. I, uh, I don't know. I don't like the Umbrella
1: Academy. I don't need another Umbrella Academy show. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess this is like an Umbrella Academy style show. Although I'd be interested to see like who's writing it, or like who's showrunning it, because if it's similar to the people who do Umbrella Academy, then yeah, definitely hard to avoid, but I feel like they're too busy jerking off to pff, uh, anime porn. Yeah. Which is fine. And it was always allowed. Uh,
0: next up we have a couple of uh, documentary things Uh, the first of which being Worn Stories based on the New York Times bestseller Uh, Worn Stories opens the closets of a diverse group of people to reveal a treasure trove of tales about the meaning behind articles of clothing be it a pair of boots symbolizing survival a dress that's come to stand for recovery or a uniform that reaffirms an identity uh, this comes out on April first, so uh, <laughs> I think a good a good joke would be for you to make me watch it I guess I don't know
1: Uh that is that is actually a great joke uh I didn't realize it was released on april first
0: this This is so clearly not for me, <laughs> so i'm gonna stop talking about it.
1: I don't think it's for either of us because like it requires like happy. Thoughts and it's just like, well, this is this may as well be like Netflix and nihilism, the show. Yeah. You mean you're not
0: uh, totally stoked on your your cute top that you got? If the top is cute, you cannot execute. (laughs) I'm here if you need to talk. I'm here if you need to talk.
1: Our next trailer is for uh, uh, another docu-series called My Love, Six Stories of True Love. Inspired by the acclaimed Korean documentary My Love, Don't Cross That River, the poignant series My Love documents a year in the lives of six elderly couples from around the world. Globetrotting through Brazil, India, Japan, Korea, the U.S., and Spain, the six-part docu-series gets to the heart of long-lasting love. Caleb. Is, is Vanessa, like, a, a sentimental type?
0: I don't know, kinda. Alright, Um well,
1: I wouldn't be surprised if you, you came home and one day she was just watching this.
0: I don't know. I don't know if she really listens to the show anymore. That's fair. And, uh, not, not that she, like, I, I just haven't really caught her listening to too many podcasts lately in general. Because we're both pretty busy people right now, but like, so I don't know that
1: she'll be necessarily aware of it. Oh. So it will basically require a uh, a banner ad for her to, be, to watch it.
0: Yeah. And if she did, I don't know, she'd probably watch like Modern Family again or, you know, something. She's been on a fucking tear with Modern Family.
1: Fucking Ashley is watching Modern Family right now. Like, as we speak words. She is watching Modern Family. Yeah. Are we dating the same person? It's pretty funny, but, like,
0: in in the later seasons, it's kind of losing me. Because, like, apparently, like, she watched a bunch while I was at work on, like, several days last week. And then, like, everything was jumped into the future, like, five years. And I was like, man, these characters are, like, unrecognizable.
1: Well, Ashley just also doesn't think the kids are very good actors after they, like, aged up. Like, she fucking hates Luke. Uh, Because, I mean, he looks like a fucking Jonas brother with that fucking haircut, man. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't watch that show enough to really render an opinion. But it's on Hulu right now. Don't be surprised if Ashley does a, a rabbit ears for it at some point in the future. I won't be.
0: All right, our last trailer is for Dad Stop Embarrassing Me exclamation point. Uh Family Fatherhood face palms. Dad Stop Embarrassing Me starring Jamie Foxx, premieres April 14th only on Netflix. It's a family sitcom.
1: Yeah. It's uh Jamie Foxx's return to serialized content. Uh it also has David Alan Greer in it as his dad. So, uh if you're yeah. a- a sitcom person, you you understand how, uh, I, don't, I guess monumental is too strong a word, but like how significant this is. With, uh, two legends of like black television comedy returning to serialized stuff. I like David Alan Greer. He had his own show for a
0: while. It was called DAG. I don't know if anybody remembers it, but obviously, like, it's his initials, but it's also a. A pun on the show jag, which was popular at the time, which is like a military courtroom drama series huh um kind of like a a forerunner of n c i s but like um the the show was about him being uh a secret service guy i i have very like very sparse memories of it, but I know that it existed
1: right. <laughs> Uh, I will give this a shot because of the Jamie Foxx, David Allen Greer, uh, element to it. But otherwise, it just looks like another, you know, retread of, oh, look, emba- potentially embarrassing parent with, yeah. uh, embarrassed child. Do, do they eventually come to an understanding? In some episodes, but in other episodes, maybe not.
0: Yeah, and, uh... At one point in the trailer, Jamie Foxx says, I know how young boys are these days with their ghost riding the whip and whatnot.
1: Apparently he just watched uh, the falling in reverse video of Alone, because Ronnie Radke ghost rides the whip throughout that entire fucking video. (laughs) That is an old fucking... that, That video came out in like 2013. What I'm saying is don't watch it. Ronnie Radke's a piece of shit, doesn't need enabled. But that song is objectively hilarious because of how bad the music video is. One time, uh, oh, we're, I think we went to a butler PA, uh, me and a group of friends. We went to a bar, and then as we were leaving, we start, like we were like, all right, we, we paid like the $1.99 to play the song of the jukebox, and we're like, whenever that song comes on is when we're leaving. So that song came on, and we just basically all just stood up and walked out laughing.
0: I once almost got kicked out of a bar because a bunch of uh, girls were, like, just fucking running the jukebox, playing all this shitty pop music. Uh, so I hit the play next thing and played uh, Swingin' the Dead by Devil Driver, and they all just fucking got up and left. There you go. <laughs> and they were like, "You, your fucking shitty antics just cost us, like, all of their money, so I was put on notice.
1: Is this a bar I'm aware of? Yeah. It, oh, it's that bar. It's the, the not good one. Oh the Loomis. The lame ass bar. Oh, I would have said Toby. But I I guess pop music and, and Toby doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, they were fine with that shit there. Well, as yeah. long as it wasn't nickelback, they would let you play pretty much whatever.
1: Can we can we have a discussion about this? Nickelback isn't even that bad. They're 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 generic. But like I would never be like, man, nickelback fucking sucks. Like they're they're an average adequate band. <laughs> <laughs> he said with you his You and same- I
0: have different definitions of adequate.
1: I mean, they they make music. They they make sounds with their guitar that go in that form like some kind of progression with chords. We've somehow gone from fifty cent to nickelback. Now we just gotta go to Penny Lane. It was a terrible joke So what we're gonna do Is uh, cut into a quick break After that awful Awful, awful joke Uh, And when we come back We're gonna talk about A bunch of stuff We watched this week uh, And not quick hits Because, you know We have a whole Second half of an episode To talk about Whatever we fucking want
0: The Netflix and Swole podcast Is brought to you By our patrons Gerald Morris Bill Sutton Nick Haskins Ashley The Bubby Gorski Ben Kiefer Paul Prezula Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutrum, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at slash Patreon. Buy some shit, visit slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Caleb. Uh, we never came up with a, an overall topic th- for this week, so instead... Wildcard, bitches! We're, we're We're doing whatever, so uh, Caleb, talk about all the stuff that you watched this week. Well, I uh,
0: had a night this week that I just couldn't sleep, so on a whim, I watched a documentary called The Last Blockbuster. Uh, It is about the last remaining uh, Blockbuster video store, which is located in Bend, Oregon, uh, which is still operating as of recording.
1: Oh! I didn't realize it was in Bend, because Sony has a studio called Sony Bend in Bend, Oregon. Sorry, continue.
0: I don't know. It's it's kind of, uh, you know, uh, a mishmash of celebrities that they could get to show up for it, <laughs> including Kevin Smith.
1: He'll show up for uh, anything.
0: Yeah, he needs money. Uh, Jamie Kennedy also is here. Uh, fucking Lloyd Kaufman from Troma Entertainment makes an appearance. And uh, they all just kind of talk about Blockbuster, and it's you know, relevant nostalgia and kind of how this store has managed to evade, like, every other fucking blockbuster video store in the world closing. Um, because they used to be fucking everywhere. Yeah. Well, what's interesting
1: Um, is, like, I would have assumed that the last blockbuster would be in, like, middle America where the internet isn't so great, and so... You have people still needing to rent videotapes or DVDs in order to get their entertainment.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess it like it's just a small town, tight knit community. They all just still still do the thing. Um, I don't <laughs> know. It's cool. Like uh, Sandy Harding, who owns and operates the franchise. Like, just kind of. Showing her routine of like how she opens the business and stuff, and like she'll actually just go and like buy fucking Blu rays from Walmart or Target whenever there's a new release. She'll buy a few copies and throw them up on the shelves to rent and just still doing it after all this time. Uh, also, like, since they are the last one, they kind of capitalized on um, like the novelty of it, so like people come from all over the place to see the last Blockbuster store. Huh. Also, I don't know if you remember this, but, like, there was one of the last, like, three or four remaining Blockbusters was in Alaska. I do remember this. And uh, John Oliver bought a bunch of shit from uh, uh, an auction for Russell Crowe. Yep. Like, he was auctioning off a bunch of movie props that he had and sent them to the store to try to, like, drum up business there. Yep. Which, uh, that store ended up closing anyway, but they sent all of the stuff from that store to this one, so oh. she just has all of this Russell Crowe shit. Uh, she doesn't have the jock strap from Cinderella Man, but she's got a lot of other stuff.
1: So, is, like, like, how old is this woman, like, does she have people who would, like, step in and also continue to run the blockbuster if, like, for some reason she's unable to?
0: From what the documentary suggested, like it seems like it's kind of a family business. Okay. Like she's I'd say like middle aged, but uh Oh okay. Like pretty much every teenager in the town has worked for her at some point and like all of her kids have worked for her at some point. It's so. one of
1: those stores, got it.
0: Yeah, and uh basically she said like you know, she's she's gonna keep doing it until they don't renew her franchise. Like she's she's going down with the ship, one way or the other. So,
1: well, I wonder if she would just you know change the name to something else, like whatever her name family name is, like Video or something like that, or if like because Blockbuster would go out of business, then it, then it would lose the luster, and therefore like she would just be done. So,
0: yeah, I think I think they would lose the novelty of it. I don't know, it's fine. It's just, you know, something like I said, I I just couldn't sleep, so at five AM I was like, well, I guess I have to be uh watching something. So yeah.
1: But uh yeah, it wasn't too bad. So the big thing with this and I and I got fucking heated. Well quote unquote heated. I I wasn't like calling everyone a virgin during an eight game losing skid on Magic Arena heated. But <laughs> uh Everyone on the internet was like, Netflix has uh, is putting on like has has this uh, blockbuster documentary coming to their platform uh, that they financed. And I'm like, no, they didn't finance it. It's not an original. It's nothing. This was released like four months ago. And you all need to get your information correct before you start saying shit like this. Like, it's only ironic that it's coming to Netflix, and not that Netflix even made it in the first place. And by ironic, I mean, yeah. of course, Atlantis more set ironic.
0: I don't know. They talk about how Reed Hastings tried to sell Netflix to Blockbuster and how stupid it was that they didn't buy it.
1: I think it was like, what, 250 million back in like 2007? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. And then, uh, the infamous Blockbuster tweet, which is like, we'll be around longer than Netflix, basically. I forget exactly what it said, but I think it was like, get your physical media, because no one wants to stream stuff. And then... Lo and behold, that was, like, in 2013 when Netflix was, like, starting their own original content of, like, Arrested Development, House of Cards, uh, and Blockbuster was on the fucking decline because streaming services were just better.
0: I don't know. Like, the same thing happened with video games. Like, whenever Steam first came out, it was just plagued with technical issues. Mm -hmm. But, like, everybody was like, oh, this is why, you know, an online game store would never work. But, like, they just kept doing their thing and refining the platform, and now it's just literally a fucking money printer. So much so that Valve has completely stopped making video games. I
1: know, right? Except for Half-Life Alex.
0: (sighs) That doesn't really count.
1: Well, I mean... I don't know. I I count it because, like, VR isn't heavily supported by everybody. Like, Sony is, like, the big video game company that even tries to do VR. Like, I mean, you obviously have, like, Vive, Oculus... But, like, Sony is a first-party studio that is putting out its own platform, or its own, like, VR platform. They're updating that with a new VR thing that's coming out in probably 2022. Like, they're trying. So, you know, everyone's trying to make VR a thing. And I'm going to be very interested to see where it is in, like, 2025. Ten years after, like, the big initial push for VR content. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Half-Life Alex looks... Good. If I end up getting VR, I'll check it out, but I don't know. It's. I was hoping that it would just be like, hey, this is our, our tech demo and proof that we can still make video games, because here comes Half-Life 3. Right. Which it, I don't think will ever happen at this point.
1: It's unfortunate. Like, we'll never get Left 4 Dead 3, so we have to get Back for Blood, which is basically the same game. I feel
0: like... It's been so long now that if they did make Half Life Three, people would just be like, "I don't give a shit." Either that, or it would like everybody would freak out. But like, I feel like it. I feel like it's got uh, a case of Duke Nukem Forever syndrome. Yes, and that like, no matter what happens, it would never be as good as people would want it to be.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think they would have to do. 'Cause it's still like it still looks decent. Like it it doesn't look great, but like they, there's that game, uh well, not really a game, but like it's that thing called Black Mesa, which is basically like a remake mm-hmm. of the first one. They'd basically have to yeah. do that for everything else and put it on as many platforms as they could to drum up hype for three. Like three Half Life three would probably supplant Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven as the most disappointing game launch of all time, if it was fucked up in any way, shape or form.
0: I am getting my new computer next week, so I'll probably actually, uh, purchase and play through Black Mesa, because I think it's, it's in its, like, final release version now. Like, it was just in development for fucking forever, so I never jumped Uh, on it. Right.
1: I feel like, I feel like the guy was, or whoever was developing it was just, like, doing it as, like, a hobby, and that's why it just took so long. Yeah. What are uh, your specs but on yeah, your new then computer? Yeah, then they
0: hired like an actual dev team. and Right. Yeah, it looks like it should run on my computer. I'll try it out.
1: What are your specs going to be?
0: It's an AMD Risen 5, 6-core CPU, uh, 8 gigabytes of RAM, and it has the GeForce 1680 Ti or something like
1: that. Okay.
0: I don't know graphics cards are fucking ridiculous still because of bitcoin.
1: Yes, that's it. it is cryptocurrency in general. And the supply shortage overall. Like uh that's why consoles yeah. the consoles are difficult to find is because they're Yeah, there's a there's a C, there's a
0: microchip shortage because they're putting them all in the covid vaccine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, anything else you watched?
0: Yeah, but, uh, I'll, I'll take a break for a minute and let you talk about something.
1: Alright! So, okay, we'll do that. Uh, so, I watched... I should've... So, I'm gonna acknowledge up front. I should've waited on this for a cautionary tale of Netflix. Because I watched Jiu-Jitsu, which is the Frank Grillo-Nicholas Cage movie that, uh, recently oh came to Netflix. Uh, so do you, do you remember Predator? Do you remember, remember Predator? John Wick? Do you remember other stuff like The Born Identity? Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. Born Identity was fantastic. <laughs> so this is like a chimera remember of
0: Stormtroopers.
1: <laughs> this is like a chimera of all of those movies, uh, in, in another movie. But it it, it it has uh Nicholas Cage as an and credit, and Frank Grillo is also in this. Uh it stars some guy uh, who is basically like a stunt double for like your favorite Hollywood actor if they've been in an action movie recently. Uh so like he was huge. These aren't
0: them. You've captured their stunt doubles.
1: So like uh He did Henry Cavill in uh, one of Henry Cavill's movies that that wasn't, like, uh, Superman or anything like that. I I can't remember what it's called right now. I I didn't pull it up. Uh, He was also in uh, X-Men Apocalypse as Wolverine's stunt double. uh, And he's now taken over as, like, the lead character of the Kickboxer franchise after they rebooted it in 2016. That's right. You heard me correctly. They rebooted Kickboxer. Why? No one fucking knows but uh <laughs> yeah so th- so that's his claim to fame and uh basically he's lost his memory after like the opening scene it's like him getting chased by something that shoots like a million fucking like spinning blades uh that don't hit anybody because they're CGI so he uh falls off a cliff uh loses his memory gets recovered by this group of people and then uh he he suddenly Thrust into the role of like reluctant world savior because he has to fight this predator style thing that cloaks itself, runs really fast, has things come out of its arms that are like blades, or like it, that it's revealed that it's it's the one that shoots the spinny blades. But basically, uh, it, it taught the world jujitsu. It came to Earth <laughs> from a faraway galaxy. <laughs>
0: to teach and it's like here here's some dope flips that you can do
1: mm-hmm. so like there's one point where there's like a, an action sequence where everyone's using different weapons like uh, someone has a bow staff someone has nunchucks and then i'm like oh my god we're too away from the ninja turtles please give me sigh and a sword uh and, and i didn't get a Sai. there were no Sai at all uh but eventually people like later in the movie had swords
0: it always bothered me that Leonardo called his swords a katana when it's clearly a ninjato. Okay? <laughs>
1: sure. <laughs> uh one guy wields the tanfa of Takanawa. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird cuz like typically like traditionally tanfa are wooden. Uh his are basically <laughs> fucking metal pipe. Like like or if if they're not metal pipe, it's uh like PVC pipe spray painted silver to look metal. Uh, but it's fucking hilarious. Uh, that's Tony Jaw. Tony Jaw's in this movie uh, and he does some stuff. Uh, he he lives through the throughout the entire thing. Basically, like the predator comes through and starts murdering stuff, and it's it's just like the predator except with fucking uh mixed martial arts. Like there's some there are some cool fights. Uh, like, obviously, the guy who, who's our lead character fights the best, because, like, that's his thing. Like, Tony Shaw also pretty good. Frank Grillo goes out like a fucking bitch in this movie. Like, uh, Nicolas Cage has a more badass death scene than him, and it's kind of fucking stupid, because it's Nick Cage. Like, he, he does his Nick Cage stuff. Like, he's fucking, like, he he even says, like, at one point, the, the creature didn't kill me, because it knows I'm fucking crazy. And I'm like, damn straight, it didn't. So, (laughs) uh... It's terrible. Uh, The other thing it does is uh, it has like these comic book interstitials. So I looked it up. This is based on a 2017 comic book by the director of the movie. So the director went, no one's going to make my, my sweet comic book into a movie. I'll just do it myself. Like he grabs the Infinity Gauntlet and goes, fine, I'll do it myself. Uh, And and he assembled the Infinity Stones of no-name actor Tony Shaw Frank Grillo, Nicolas Cage, Girl from the 100, which is a CW show, and then uh, garbage can-looking CGI to create jujitsu. Look, it's a bad movie. Ashley and I had a lot of fun. Like, uh, I'll say that. Like, this movie is a lot of fun to watch if you're in the mood for a bad movie. Uh, if you're one of those people who can't find enjoyment out of bad movies, hard to skip this entirely.
0: Sounds amazing.
1: Like I said, I really wish I would have saved it for A Cautionary Tale of Netflix, because I feel like you and I would have had a fun, fun discussion about jujitsu. All right. Uh, with that, let's move on to your next thing. What else did you watch? Uh, I watched the Netflix
0: original docu-series The Lost Pirate Kingdom. Okay. Uh, so this is a a blend of historical information along with uh like live action reenactments of shit, and it it kind of is a better pirate movie than uh all Don't. of the no um all no. of the, <laughs> the Pirates of the Caribbean movies except for Curse of the Black Pearl. Okay. Those movies had diminishing returns after the first one.
1: Yes, thank you for putting the qualifier after the first one, because the first one is a legitimately great movie. First one is fantastic. I just watched that again, like, maybe three weeks ago with Ashley, and I was like, man, this movie is just so much fun. Uh, Johnny Depp hasn't delved into straight self-parody yet. It's it's great. Yeah. So, uh, this kind
0: of tells us about how, like... The War of Spanish Succession was a thing, and, like, Spain controlled a lot of the New World, and England was like, hey, we want to get into the market for sugar and slaves and all of these cool things that's going on over there. Uh, So they hired a bunch of uh, privateers, basically, like, an unofficial, like, naval militia to just... Basically, raid these Spanish ships and try to force them out of the market mm. uh so then, like the war ended. There were all these out of work sailors that you know knew nothing but sailing and fighting and plunder uh so what do they do? They just set up their own republic essentially and start raiding anybody and try to control the Caribbean, and you know against all odds like they they decide to be essentially a republic like everybody on the ship gets a vote like they they had like former slaves that they freed that you know became crew members and like each man got a vote there were female pirates yep and uh surprisingly egalitarian so the reenactments are what really like what you come here for um because there's there's some pretty cool shit and like scenes of them chasing down ships and stuff. Uh, Like, one of the notable pirate captains of the time, like, his deal was, like, psychological warfare. So before they raided a ship, like, even if they were, like, super outgunned, they would just, like, everybody in the crew would strip down naked (laughs) and, like, just scream at the other boat. And they would just be like, all right, clearly these guys are crazy, we're not fucking with them, we surrender. (laughs) And, like, even though, like if they had just opened fire, they would have, like, lost horribly. They they take over these much larger ships just by being fucking crazy. Um, and then, of course, Blackbeard uh, comes onto the scene about, you know, halfway through this, and he's fucking crazy as hell uh, because he had syphilis, is what they, ah! they claim in this. So, uh, apparently, because, like, antibiotics weren't, a thing that was known about at the time um the cure for syphilis was mercury which would you know make you even <sighs> more crazy so if you've ever wanted to see a, a dirty dirty ass pirate uh getting a syringe of mercury injected into their penis uh i've got good news because that happens in this and they show it <laughs> oh my god okay <laughs> It shows full, uncircumcised, dirty pirate peen.
1: Oh, there we go. That's what I've been looking for all my life.
0: Yeah. Surprising amount of tits and ass and just naked dudes and everything.
1: I mean, when you when you said that a whole crew stripped down naked, I I, I knew this was my time. Yeah. Uh so I this reminds me of like the, the Assassin's Creed game Black Flag, which uh has a lot of like that cast of characters and t- and talks about like Nassau being like the the pirate capital of the world basically where it was like a a neutral ground where all pirates could hang out and do their shit and not you know be rivals with each other and try to become their own republic and mm-hmm. I enjoyed that game uh like that game might be my favorite of the Assassin's Creed franchise, because, like, it has the, the sea shanties, like, the story's interesting, the characters are all interesting, they're not even trying to tell a real world story, it's just like, fucking pirates! You're playing as a pirate, it's cool. Yeah,
0: it is pretty cool. I don't know, it's pretty good, I'd give it, like, a three and a half, I guess.
1: Okay. I saw it come up on my Netflix, so I might give it a shot.
0: Yeah, I don't know, if you're if you're interested in learning actual history... And seeing, like, surprisingly well-budgeted reenactments of stuff, uh, it's it's not bad. A lot of it's really depressing, because, like, you know, you would think it's, you know, pirates, a life of adventure, but, you know, obviously, like, the real world repercussions of that are far sadder. Right. Because, you know, piracy isn't something that people who are you know, have a lot going on in their life turn to. Uh, What's your next thing?
1: All right, well, I'll save my Netflix original for uh, my final thing. But uh, my next thing is an Eddie Murphy comedy special. Uh, This was uh, Delirious, uh, where he's basically wearing a a red leather suit the entire time. Uh, And it kind of shows, like, him going through his day. He talks about wanting to shoot up heroin, so... Uh, I I, unable to tell whether or not Eddie Murphy is joking. I'm going to take him at his word and tell you that Eddie Murphy used to shoot heroin. Uh, who knows? The, the, the special itself, when he starts telling comedy, uh, starts with at least six, six letter F-bombs referring to gay people. Oh no. Because this is a 1980s comedy special. Eddie Murphy then proceeds to say, I have nothing I have nothing against the homosexuals. To which I went, but you've used the F word sure. like a million times, so no. Uh look as a product of his time. Like this was this passed for comedy back in the eighties. Like there is some funny stuff. Like he talks about uh He he in fact says at one point, I'm afraid of the gays. So I went, oh, good. Uh, but also 80s, so I'm assuming at this point he's learned. But uh, he he has this very funny routine where he goes through, like, famous people of the time and talks about, like, how they would talk if they were, like, flamboyantly homosexual, but, like, also themselves. So, like, he he, has, he does, like, a Mr. T impression of, like, Mr. T being gay and, and how gay sex with Mr. T would go, which is, like, uh, when, when the guy puts it in, Mr. T would I go. pity mm-hmm. the whole. <laughs> I bit the hole. And, hmm, and and you know, that that was actually like really funny, despite being horribly insensitive. I just went, oh, this this is actually like r- the way you set this up. Terrible. But the actual punch lines of the joke. Pretty good. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's a comedy special. I like really I put those on to, like kind of waste time, like just to have something else going on in the background because I was playing my switch at this point. So, you know. Uh, I probably could have been sleeving cards instead of trying to do it as I tried to decipher an Eddie Murphy comedy special from the 80s. But, I mean, it was on my big TV in 4x3. The same aspect ratio as uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, you you know, gotta have it. I don't know why I said that. I could talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League if anyone wants to hear about it. I'll allow it. (laughs) <laughs> okay well then we'll, uh, we'll 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 come to that afterwards uh tell me ne- about your next thing
0: well I, as I was just coyingly referencing uh I started watching community uh which I've never Ooh. watched before so i've uh i plowed through like two thirds of the first season uh I like it a lot it's it lived up to the hype that everybody always hyped it up to be. Uh, So it's Joel McHale, uh, Allison Brie, Ken Jeong, um, Donald Glover, Chevy Chase. Like, those are the most recognizable ones. Uh, Danny Putty as Abed is great. Mm -hmm. He's probably my favorite one. Um, Yeah, it's just ensemble cast. It's, you know, something akin to The Office, except it's, you know, they don't work together. They go to school together.
1: Right. They're in a study group. Uh, so how was Dan Harmon's writing before he said Wubba Lubba Dub Dub? Probably
0: better and more consistent.
1: Have you gotten to a paintball episode yet? Not yet. Uh,
0: okay. I got a few episodes to go before that, but I don't know. I, I like the the idea of it, I guess. Like, fucking Joel McHale on his first day is like, yeah, I was a lawyer, but, you know, they found out my... Degree wasn't legit, so now I have to go back to college, or I'll be disbarred. And they're like, "Well, I thought you got a degree from Columbia." And he's like, "I did, and now I have to get one from America." And That's a <laughs> tremendous
1: joke. That's a very good joke. That reminds me of um, my former school superintendent. Turns out she got her uh, doctorate from a de- a degree farm university. That was fun. So uh, she quietly resigned and then they got a new superintendent.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think my favorite thing about this show is the like the little like postscript things that they put on mm. where it's just uh, Troy and Abed doing like goofy shit.
1: Troy and Abed in the morning.
0: I really liked uh, there was like a Christmas episode. Like the little stinger at the end, like uh Abed is singing like, Oh Christmas Troy, oh Christmas Troy And like <laughs> Troy's just standing there and he's like putting tinsel all over him and shit. And Joel McHale just walks by and does like a double take, and he's just like, Why do you guys do stuff like this? And they're just like, It's fun. And then it cuts to Joel McHale helping Abed put tinsel all over Troy while they're singing. <laughs>
1: Uh, so, the other, one thing you will notice is that between seasons one and two, Joel McHale's hairline improves, uh, vastly. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) It was always the thing with, like, Jeff Winger, like, oh, he's a super cool, cocky guy, but his hairline is just terrible. And then in season two, it's like, oh, okay, so he got hair plugs, got it.
0: Yeah, he's got a bit of a five head.
1: I mean, not that I can really say anything about it, but, you know, from one bald guy to a balding guy, uh, maybe maybe tone it down a bit. Yeah, I like the show, though. Um, glad I finally
0: picked it up. And, uh, that's the last thing I watched this week, so tell me about your other thing.
1: Alright! Well, I watched, uh, the Netflix Spanish original Below Zero, This is, as I said, Spanish. Uh, Basically, the general premise is that like um, there's a prison transfer going on or prisoner transfer going on, and uh, these two cops are transferring uh, six different prisoners to a different prison. uh, Mm -hmm. And let uh, me guess, something
0: goes wrong and they escape.
1: Oh no! Everything actually goes perfectly fine, Uh, and the movie's over in twenty minutes. Oh, nice. Yeah, real brief one. Get out. Get going. Yeah, I mean y- you can't go wrong with these shorts. Uh no, of course, uh, something goes awry. Uh and basically the whole movie is like uh everyone trying to team together although like it doesn't it doesn't really flesh that out very well. Them teaming together and figuring it out and doing all their uh, like trying to survive this potential scenario together. Uh like I-, I don't feel like that's super well fleshed out, but uh you know, uh, the the cop is then joined by all six prisoners and in order to try to do stuff, and, uh, you know, people start getting offed one by one, uh, up until the big reveal of the ending, so uh, it's actually perfect, this is the final thing we're going to talk about, Uh, of course, you can skip to the very end of the podcast, and hear all of our plugs and other stuff, or stuff we're doing next week, and other stuff, stuff, Uh, but, spoilers for Below below Zero, Uh, it is revealed, that the guy that is coming after them uh his daughter was raped and murdered by this uh one prisoner and his oh, Jesus. Uh, his friend uh and then l- her body was left in an undisclosed location so only uh the prisoner knows where sh- her body is and basically like we don't find that out and like that that prisoner is the nicest to the cop throughout the entire movie uh up until the end where like Uh, He finally starts losing it, and was like, I'm never gonna, like, there's a whole climactic showdown where we find out about this whole thing, and then the cop has a shotgun, and he's like, you're gonna tell the dude where his fucking daughter's body is. And the guy's like, I ain't fucking saying shit, so he he blows off his fucking hand! Yikers. With the shotgun, and, uh, reveals where it is, and it's implied that the cop is then, you know, released from his position because he shot, uh... A a person on the ground in uh full view of everybody. So you know, in Spain, there are actual consequences for the police doing something outside of their job. <laughs> what a
0: world that uh, must be! They must have know, what... uh fucking rampant crime. All right.
1: Uh, so I don't know. It's fine. It's a fine movie. Uh, I don't feel their like baby
0: legs. you got a criminal to kill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true. Uh, I. It's, it's fine. Like, I, I don't feel like the the build-up to the cop blowing off the guy's hand is earned enough. Like, throughout the entire movie, he's portrayed as straight-laced by the book cop. And then in this, at the end, it's like, oh, he goes, like, fucking rogue to get information out of out of a perp. Like, okay. But, like, you need to build to that. Like, I guess he lets, like, one guy go to start a bar in the Caribbean. Uh which like okay, whatever. But even still, like, I just went, eh, the ending's kinda lame. Like, it's it's kinda awesome that he blew off his fucking hand. Like the practical effects on that was were fucking awesome. But I don't know. It's one of those like lower budget uh European movies, so this is like probably a higher budget than like the platform, for instance. Like it reminded me a lot of the platform, like a lot of like single location stuff and I don't know uh you could do worse with an hour and 45 minutes of your time but uh if you have other stuff to watch you can you feel free to skip uh below zero or uh oh god I'm not even gonna try to pronounce the the Spanish name I, I didn't take Spanish in high school so I'm not even gonna give it a shot uh I am done talking by the way All unless right. you would like me to talk about justice League in which case I could talk for another hour
0: <laughs> I'll pass because I don't know. Maybe I'll watch that, and I don't want that movie to consume a fifth hour of my life.
1: Okay, that's fine.
0: That was always allowed. For how lukewarm I am on Rick and Morty, we fucking reference it a lot.
1: I think the first two seasons are legitimately excellent television. Actually really good. It's It was, for me... Like I really liked the first episode but then when they got to the Revengers episode I was like oh no. Oh no. And then of course for you you fell off with Pickle Rick. Yeah. But I only season 3 on not. Blu-ray. No, I understand. All right. Uh, uh yeah. That's I think it. that's an that's...
0: episode, boys.
1: Uh, that's an epi, boys. Uh cool. So uh, next week on the show, uh, as I stringently schedule, we have Alice in Borderland. This was a show that um, I re- this was when we did his house. Uh, and by we, I mean mm-hmm. like me and Nick and you weren't here. You didn't see the trailer for it. But Nick was like, this is probably the most interesting trailer of the week. Uh, we never covered it because I think like one of the Oscar bait movies was coming out that week. So I just went, uh, eh, we'll put a pause on this and maybe I'll watch it at some point. But uh, the reason I wanted to watch it is because uh, our special guest for the next week is Wonder Bread. And he has famously said, I don't watch shit in other languages. But this is a <laughs> Japanese show. And so, therefore, we have to mark the location. Like, the location. We have to mark the equation. I, what is, what are am you trying I trying to occasion. say? Occasion? Yes, that's it. I, sorry, I'm almost done with my entire, like, uh, 12 ounces of Pink Whitney, which is 30% alcohol by volume. Uh, so I might be a little drunk. But uh, we have to mark the occasion of Corey watching something in a completely different language uh, by having him on to talk about Alice in Borderland. And uh, I did not say what the patron requested review was because I got sidetracked, sleeving cards. Uh, but. Uh, this comes from Julio, and he would like The American President.
0: Is it a movie about Biden falling down some stairs?
1: Uh, no, I think this is Michael Sheen. So it's also an old guy, but, you know, fake. Oh, it's Michael Douglas. Oh, and Martin Sheen. Okay, that's right. Uh, directed by Rob Reiner? Really? Hmm. Interesting. An environmental lobbyist, Annette Benning, becomes romantically involved with the widowed president of the United States, Michael Douglas, but their relationship jeopardizes his political agenda. Michael Douglas looking a lot like Bill Pullman in this movie. Okay. Tell him stuff, Caleb.
0: Uh, You can find us at NetflixandSwill.com, your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Buy a shirt, buy a hat, buy some underwear and some jeggings, and a mask, and our latest ep uh which is entitled two boys on a podcast
1: (laughs) two boys one podcast (laughs) oh no uh thank you to space weather for the use of our uh, our theme song bitter uh which i am bitter that uh i still haven't finished sleeving both of my decks as we finish this podcast yeah
0: Whereas I managed to capture Reggie Drago,
1: Drago is—is is Reggie Rocky gonna beat it up?
0: Oh my god! I just realized that there's like
1: a a Rocky reference in my Pokemon game. <laughs> you got Rocky in my Pokemon. You got Pokemon in my Rocky. Two great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> I'm officer, I'm officer
0: crossovers. What's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) What a show. Eh, eh. Somebody surely uh, recognizes all the ridiculous shit that we reference out of context week over week. So, yeah. Well, until the next batch of uh, obscure pop culture references, this is Caleb Singh. We'll see you next Tuesday.